Hello, and welcome to the Law Deals Podcast, where we discuss law firm succession plans, profitable law partnerships, and law firm purchases and sales. I'm your host, Ed Alexander. I practiced transactional business law for 30 years, have my own practice, Alexander Business Law, and am a principal with Fitzgibbon Alexander, a business intermediary firm. We're on a mission to make sales of law firms commonplace so you can enjoy your practice and your life. In today's episode of Law Deals, I'm going to talk about a true story of an associate who was made a partner by the owner of a firm, and that partnership became a disaster. And I'm also going to talk about how you can avoid this for your practice. Today's episode grew out of an encounter I had recently with another lawyer. I'll call this lawyer Jason. Jason and I were at a meeting sitting around a table, and a group of uh, people there introduced themselves to one another, and I told the group... You know, I help lawyers develop practice succession plans and partnerships and buy and sell law firms, which is my laser talk. So after the meeting ended, Jason approached me and actually said, hey, you know, I really wish I'd known you a few years ago. Usually this means there's a story to tell, so I typically respond, why is that? I want to understand what went on. And so Jason proceeded to tell me that about an associate attorney that he'd made a partner. The associate was a great lawyer. And Jason was uh, worried about losing him. So in an effort to keep him, he offered him a 20% partnership. Now, we didn't get into the details of offering a partnership, but I want you to know, this is very, very important, is that offering a partnership involves tax implications. And we've got to address those tax implications prior to bringing somebody on. So that's a little bit of an aside for the story. I just want to raise that issue. We're going to talk in detail in a future episode about that. So back to Jason. You know, things went well with the partnership for the first year. But after that, they began to deteriorate. So Jason's new partner wasn't bringing in new cases, wasn't helping out with management, and wasn't doing anything more than he had done when he was an associate. And so as time went on into the second year, the associate demanded more equity and greater compensation. Now, the firm wasn't making any more money, and Jason wasn't generating any more revenue. So really, he was asking for money out of Jason's pocket. So when Jason declined to pay the associate anymore or give the associate any equity, what Jason really sought to avoid, being the associate leaving, ended up being more likely than before he had made him a partner. And so, unfortunately, this situation is really all too common. And really, before we get into the situation where somebody is made a partner, there's a, lot, there's a conversation or a series of conversations that have to go on. The first thing to know is you got to sit down and have a conversation. The first question to ask the associate is, what are their professional goals? Where did they want to be? What is it that they're looking for? Now, they might just say more money. And in that case, then obviously you can work with them to show them how they can generate more money for the firm. And by doing so, they can make more money for themselves. So the question then I think really comes down to how can your firm be the best place that they ever worked, right? 
you, you want to understand where their head is at, where their mind is at, and what it is that they think their long-term professional goal is. Now, oftentimes you'll hear an associate say, I want to be a partner. And it's important that we understand what does that mean to the associate. I recently did a transaction where the associate wanted to be a partner because they wanted principal on their business card. It enabled them, or at least they perceived it as being enabling them or as enabling them to go out into the marketplace and generate business because referral sources and clients felt like they were dealing with someone who was an owner. Now, what is missing from that response, if you get that response, is any aspect of, I want more money, I want profits from the firm, I want to be involved in management, any of those things. And so it's important to tailor the, re the response to the request that the associate's coming in. So it's very important when they say they're interested in being a partner or they're interested in some other thing to ask why, to get behind that main answer of becoming a partner and figuring out what does it mean to the associate. Now, what I usually do is when they say that, we have some questions. And I think the, the thing that I would take away here is in particular, if we can make a partnership work and I'm not promising anything, how do you see it helping you? What do you see your role becoming? What would your contribution be? What would you expect from us? By asking those questions, you delve further into expectations. And as with any partnership, any business arrangement, the expectations are crucial. There are known expectations. There are unknown expectations. The unknown and assumed expectations are the most dangerous. And you've got to get to those unknown and assumed expectations to make any relationship work long term. Right? So ultimately, uh, we don't want to make the fatal assumption that when somebody wants to be a partner, it means the same thing to them as it means to you, right? It, essentially, we want to fully understand what that vision is of the associate in becoming a partner. Now, it could mean they want the ability to make decisions. It could be, as I said before, the title that comes along with it for business development. Unfortunately, it also could mean they come in late, take long lunch, and leave early. Um, we've seen that happen in businesses before where, uh, you know, you bring somebody on and all of a sudden they feel they've, they've got the easy life now. So I think at the end of the day, when these issues come up, we're in a position where I call it the honeymoon syndrome. Some people call it don't rock the boat. People are afraid that an in-depth conversation will lead to the associate or the key employee leaving. And so it's very important that you have that conversation because it could lead, as it did in the case with Jason, to exactly the situation you're trying to avoid. You want to be able to plan the divorce before you plan the wedding. You've got to plan what it looks like and how it will end, because at some point it is going to end, right? 
And we want to make sure that that looks, looks correct. Now, introducing these types of arrangements to associates is um, often a, um, you know, a, a dicey affair. And so we can certainly help you with that conversation. We've had that conversation multiple times, uh, many, many times, in fact, where we've sat down with the attorney and the associate or, frankly, two attorneys looking to merge a practice. And we've walked through... Uh, this list that we have, we have a list of 21 areas that are issues that have to be resolved prior to the partnership coming into effect. And so we'll walk through those. But the idea is we have, as, as an outside party working to put the deal together, we're the ones raising the issue. So there's no negative goodwill between the two. But if you decide to do this on your own, you have to take that step back and know that anytime you answer, we'll figure that out when the time comes, that's a bad answer. And it's a bad answer because when you when the time comes and you don't agree, then the only way out is a partnership dispute. And that's obviously something you don't want to get into. You always have to set the default. And setting the default requires that conversation. Now, luckily, Jason was able to fix the problem. It took months of negotiations, he told me. But eventually, he and the associate agreed on a new compensation arrangement. And because the partnership wasn't important to the associate, because he never had really laid out there that he wanted to be a partner in the firm, he gave the stock, sold it, back to Jason. So at the end of the day, it cost Jason more money than he wanted, but ultimately, he's got the associate and they'll be together for the long term because the situation forced them to have the conversation about what the associate wanted. It would have been better to have it in the beginning, but they didn't. But luckily, they were able to have it afterwards. So the associate's much happier and will likely remain with the firm. And so it's a win-win all around, maybe cost a little bit of money and a little bit of time to get there. But luckily, Jason was able to get there. If you're thinking about making an associate a partner, be sure to give us a call. We will be happy to walk you through the various questions that need to be resolved in order to make that partnership long-term and profitable. Okay, that's it for today's episode. Please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. I would very much appreciate it. 